All right, welcome back in into the Triangle Podcast presented by Couch Guy Sports, episode 56, the Hansel Robles episode. That just everything about today is just disgusting. So Alan Hegan here, Chris Henriques here. Chris, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I think I think I know the answer already. It's disappointing today. We're recording on that epic collapse of the Sox had against the Rays. I, you know, the way that game started, you would have just really thought that Chris Sale Day, we'd have a different tone for today, but I Unfortunately, not. Other than that, though, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Vacation you know, mode. I was going to say, you look like you're on vacation. You're sitting in the yard. You know, there's no, obviously, video for this podcast. But for those that can visualize it, Chris is sitting. I think he's at his parents' house, he said. There's a beautiful scenic view in the background. So he's relaxing. Me, on the other hand, I got to go back to work tomorrow. And tomorrow being Tuesday, uh, September 7th. So by the time this gets out, I'm probably already done with my first day of work. But anyways, we have a lot to talk about this Red Sox team because, boy, is it ugly. So let's start with today. So actually, let's backtrack a little bit. So Red Sox went into Tropicana. They played the Rays, lost the first two games pretty easily, I'd say. They just it, it wasn't the scores weren't indicative of the actual performance. Then you go in, you get Chris Sale on the mound in Tropicana. You win that game three to two, close game. Maybe a game you shouldn't have won, but you still won it. Then Eduardo Rodriguez comes out and throws a shutout. You win that game for nothing. You split the series. Fast forward to the Indian series. You win two out of three. That's fine. As long as you're winning the series, I don't care about sweeps. Win the series. That's all I care about. Now you have a three-game series with Tampa. Like Chris said, as we're recording on Monday, September 6th, Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Happy belated Labor Day, I should say. But Red Sox take on the race. The Red Sox were up 7-1. to 7-1 in this game. And Chris, I got to be honest with you. You know what I said? I was watching the game with my family. You know what I said to my family? I said, I'm not comfortable with a 7-1 lead against the Rays in the third inning with Chris Sale on the mound, like you said. Chris Sale, ace Chris Sale, looking really good Chris Sale on the mound. The game changed. So bases loaded. I think it was the fourth inning, if I'm not mistaken. Top of the fourth. 7-1, two outs. Nelson Cruz is up for the Rays. It's a fly ball to center field, which any other day, 99 times out of 100, Alex Verdugo camps under it and catches it. Loses it in the sun, drops it, throws the ball in. Three runs have already scored. Taylor Motter, who the Red Sox picked up from the Rockies, throws the ball away. And then then we get the Little League Grand Slam, 7-5. Then it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Red Sox are... This this game's just aggravating me to the core. I'm trying to keep my cool right here. Red Sox are down 11-10 in the 10th inning. Bases loaded, two outs. Kevin Ploiecki up, grounds out to short, ends the game. Red Sox lose the game 11-10. When they were up 7-1. to Now, I'm just going to get my rant out, and then, Chris, feel free to, like, rant all you want because I, I think we both need to rant a little bit at this point. Number one, Alex Verdugo. I don't care if the, the sun's in your eyes. I don't care what it is. You need to make that play. Plain and simple. That's number Agreed. one. What was that? I agree. Okay, sorry. 100%. I'm just, uh, that's number one. Number two, Taylor, uh, Taylor Motter. Hold on to the ball. Maybe you hold on, then that run doesn't score. It's 7-4, a lot different than 7-5. Three-run lead is much better than two-run lead at this point. But then Mike Zanino hits a ball off the wall. J.D. Martinez throws a strike to second base. Zanino's out by 10 feet. Taylor, Taylor Motter can't pick it. Ends up scoring. And then it, I think at that time it was eight, seven going into 
I want to say going to the bottom of the seventh, right around that point. So this Red Sox team, we we talk about the pitching, but this defense, Chris, this defense is atrocious. I mean, you made yes. I was, yeah, I mean, this defense has been, it's been awful. Like this is the type of defense teams plays that like managers get fired for that. And I'm not condoning an Alex for a firing. Like I, they're way, you know, ways away from that, but I mean, it's awful. I mean, there's just, they're trying to do too much sometimes versus mm-hmm. just basic fundamental baseball. Do you want to hear something crazy, Chris, about this game? Yeah. I think Alex Cora actually managed a really good game. That's the thing. I really think that this game was not on Cora. I think this was on the players entirely. Again, Taylor Motter had two errors. Verdugo had an error. I forget where the fourth error was, but Red Sox had four errors that led to six runs. So realistically, you should have won that game in nine innings, nine to four. Should have been an easy win. You take game one of the series. Then all you have to do is split the next two days and you win two out of three against a really hot Tampa team. That would have been a win in itself. But now... The script is flipped. Now, Tampa wins that game. They have all the momentum. They saw Eduardo Rodriguez last week. They couldn't figure him out last week. They'll probably figure him out this week. The Red Sox are playing on their heels, and now they have to win both to take the series, which, honestly, Chris, I don't see them doing. Not at this no, point. I, I Yeah, I mean, and even, too, like, the way that the game set up, it was almost like, all right, so Cash is really going to have to go and use his bullpen super early. Red Sox set that tone by having that bullpen get exposed early in the first game. Maybe Yarborough stays out there a little bit longer, knowing that they're getting their heads kicked in. But just in typical Rays fashion, this this team, if you give them additional opportunities and extra outs, they capitalize and they made the Red Sox pay. And the Red Sox uses just as many arms out of their pen that they probably should have had to have done today. The Rays just pissed me off. The Rays, the Rays just aggravate me because they're the best team in baseball in daytime games. They're the best team in baseball in the seventh inning or later. They're the best team in baseball in just basically every category you can think of. That might be, excuse me, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. But here's what I'll say. The Rays, like you saw it with Chris Sale too. Chris Sale did not, like he gave up five runs. Four of them were unearned. And not only that, you had at least four or five hits that were infield dribbler base hits. That first inning was just and it even like just the way the game started after the the umpire took the shot off his mask and there was a little bit of a delay. I was out actually to lunch with a few friends and I was saying, I'm like, guys, like one, this game feels like it's been going on for three hours and we were like two batters in Two, just it just started to set up uncomfortably sale started the game obviously came out while they were tending to the umpire. He comes back in. And then the Rays, those little bleeders. I mean, Sale made a really good play early in the game where the little chopper down like to the third baseman, but he ended up picking it and then throwing it onto the first, uh, onto first. And just that passion and fire he plays with it was kind of cool to see and some of the team could rally around. But it just, man, it's just his defense killed him today. His offense, you know, you put up seven runs, you'd think that that should be enough against any team, but not against the Rays, not at all. Nope. It's because they have that never say die attitude. That's really what it is. They find ways to win baseball games. That's what good to great baseball teams do, Chris. They find ways to win games. And sure enough, like every other fan, I'd say the casual fans are like, oh, okay, this is an easy win. They're going to roll through. Easy win. Chris sails on the mound. It's all good. But like I said, there was part of me. I was just watching that game, and I just said, I'm not comfortable with this because we know what the Rays can do. And sure enough, and I don't care what anybody says, 
the Alex Verdugo botched fly ball that turned into a little league grand slam that changed mm-hmm. the whole tone of the game. The whole right? complexity of the game changed the whole thing. And even too, like in that earlier in the game too, where he went and went to go field that ball up against the center field wall, it, you know, it's kind of a playable play. A lot of times, you know, and I, and I love Verdugo. I think that he, you know, just the passion he plays with. I think that he's a big piece in the, of what kind of like stirs the pot in that clubhouse. But sometimes dude, just make the basic play. You don't need to go and try to get the flashy highlight so we can go retweet it on Twitter type of play. We need just the basic play. Just make the out, you know, not everything needs to be all, you know, rainbows, fucking butterflies all the time. Like it just make the routine play. Now that wasn't a routine pop-up, but it was a play that he should have made. And even in the first inning, you know, again, set that tone, but you know, to sales, you know, sale was able to settle it down and the defense was able, I'm sorry, the offense able to hit, but again, you know, just the defense once again, just once again, screwed this team over. And, you know, that's something that they have to seriously look at in this off season. What can you do to improve the defense other than maybe make some moves to kind of ship some dudes out? Because, you know, you're not going to be successful when you're, when you're just giving multiple opportunities against teams, like especially the race. Right. And, and here's the thing. The Oakland A's are struggling right now. I think the A's are going to play themselves right out of the, out of the wild card race. I do not see the, the A's being a legitimate threat. The Yankees are not, are starting not to play well. They lost two out of three to Baltimore. As yep. we recorded, they lost eight to nothing in their series opener against the Jays. The Jays are a team that scares me. The Jays scare me with their lineup. They can hit their way right back into games. And especially like Robbie Ray's having a really good year. They obviously had Ryu. That was, you know, one of their top pitchers too. So like the, the Jays have some pieces, so they scary. And the Mariners are playing well too. So the so, Mariners, they're two and a half out yep. in that wild card spot. Seattle is three. Oakland is sputtering at three and a half. And then after that, there's no one else. I think Cleveland, Cleveland had the, you know, the nail into the coffin after they played the Sox this past weekend. So, but um, I agree. I mean, that Toronto Blue Jays team that they, they just, they mashed Vladdy today. It is what 40th home run, 44th home run of the season. Like, Dude has just been hitting nothing but bombs. And Marcus Simeon, that guy's going to get paid this offseason. Who would have like thought that, that dude, the year that he's had, talk about betting on yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, he's hit like 35 home runs. Like he's, he's playing he's playing well. And, and the thing is, and it, it all ties back to this, because here's what I'm going to say. After, like, it, the schedule doesn't get any easier for the Red Sox. You have to play three in Chicago against the AL Central leading White Sox. Then you have to play the same Mariners team that you're competing with for that second wild card spot. The only good thing, like I said earlier, is that the Yankees are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. So yep. when you have those in place, that makes me a little bit more reassured, but you got to take care of business. And again, you don't have to sweep these teams. You take two out of three, two out of four, you know, three out of four, that's fine. But take care of business and win the games that you need to win. This was a game you should have won, and you did not win. Let's go to the ninth inning, too, for a second, Chris, just to replay that. So it was 9-8 Red Sox going into the top of the ninth. Garrett Whitlock on the mound. Before I tell it, just be honest with me really quick. How did you feel when you had Whitlock coming out in the ninth? So I felt comfortable, but there was just a part of me, just by the way this game kept progressing all afternoon, that – if they were going to squeak out the win, it wasn't going to be pretty. Um, but I, I felt comfortable. It, but the other piece, though, too, is it, it, this was a big high leverage spot for Whitlock. And the Red Sox right now, they granted Barnes is out in the COVID-related IL. They don't really have much for options. You know what I mean? Like, we're going closer by committee right now. And 
you know, you need him to step up. You need him to be a shutdown guy like he's been all year long. He kind of got exposed a little bit again today. And, but again, you know, miscues in the field aren't going to help matters either. Right. And so I'll say this to kind of like answer my own question to go along with your response. Right guy on the mound didn't matter to me. It was the right guy. Like Garrett Whitlock should have been in that situation with the way this bullpen is right now. I agree with that. But, and I forget who the, the hitter was. I don't know if you remember who it was. Um, it was a lefty hitter. I don't, I don't think it was Brandon Lowe. It wasn't Kevin Kiermeyer. I'm trying to think of who it might've been. Maybe Joey Wendell. I don't know, but fly ball to center field. Alex Verdugo tries to make a highlight catch. Doesn't do it. But here's, there's a few things with this play. First of all, Meadows, it was Austin. Meadows. Oh, it was Austin Meadows who hadn't done a thing all day. Okay. Perfect. So that makes it even greater. And that was, that eye roll was not at you. That was just at the whole thing. But <laughs> anyways, so Verdugo doesn't make the catch, but then JD Martinez and Hunter Renfro, where's the backup? If you yep. back up on that play, Meadows is probably on second base, a triple at the worst. So you have Jose Iglesias, which, by the way, shout out to the Red Sox for claiming Jose Iglesias off the uh, uh, waiver wire for um, from the Angels. So good for you, Jose Iglesias. Welcome back. Jose Iglesias goes out there. He bobbles the ball, and then he just throws it in. Now, the weird thing is, is I think if Bobby Dahlbeck cuts that, they might have a shot at Meadows at the plate. That's just me, though. But yeah. regardless, it was a play that was literally like, what are we doing? Like, and the worst part was the next three hitters, strikeout, strikeout, ground out to third. So if you just hold Meadows at third, you win that game. Even after all the crap that happened, you still win that game. And you just find a way to lose it. And I hate to say this, Chris, and, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping this is a freezing cold take for me. Excuse me, in a few days when this comes out. But I realistically think the Red Sox are going to get swept by the Rays at Fenway. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope not. I hope that they can, you know, they can kind of look themselves in the mirror a little bit and just, you know, I, and understand that you're not going to catch the Rays for the division. And that's really not what we need you to do. If the Red Sox would have just took care of business today and won that game, just the momentum and the, just that mental aspect of the fact that you just overtook New York, who was playing amazing baseball. They were one of the, again, at one point, one of the hottest teams in the league. Well, 13 straight games at one point during the run, you would have overtaken New York. You would have had that half game lead. Now you're still only a half game behind them, but it does feel like the air is out of the balloon a little bit, you know, just with this loss today, Sox are going to need a big performance tomorrow and they're going to need to play better defense and, and they're going to need to just and mash as much as they can against this race team because no, no lead is safe. And it doesn't matter how many runs these two teams score. I mean, it, they, Every game has been entertaining. And here's the other thing, too. If the Sox, you know, they play New York in that wild card game, the winner, I believe, gets Tampa. So, you know, yep. we're in for, we're, you know, if they, they get past New York, we're in for this. And you want to talk about edge of the seat playoff matchup for, like, at least for that series. That's going to be intense. It is. Anybody that plays the Rays, it's going to be intense. And I was talking with a few people earlier about this. Like, Tampa's going to be a legitimate threat in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. With the way that they play, they just, I don't know, again, and I don't know if you agree with this, that offense, yeah, they have Nelson Cruz, Juan DeFranco that has his on-base streak up to like 36 games or something now. But like, other than that, there aren't really guys in that lineup that when you hear names like Joey Wendell, Austin Meadows, you know, when you hear these guys' names, they don't necessarily scare you, but then they come out and they just, they do their jobs. And that's the thing. The Rays do their job. They To take a quote from Bill Belichick, 
they do what they need to do. They find those ways to win those games. They take advantage of mistakes. They're a good, solid baseball team. And if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And that's exactly what they did in the series opener against the Red Sox. And you know what? You can't have that happen. Because if you have it happen, then it's going to look like August, and then the Red Sox will play themselves right out of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I agree. It just – it just, again, not to keep like harping on it, but this, they had this game, you know, they had this game wrapped up. There was, you know, this bow on the present, you know I mean? They, they were ready to, to go into tomorrow and, and try to, you know, to your point, at least get two out of three. So I'm hoping it's just an anomaly. I'm hoping that core can get these guys, you know, refocused and understand like, Hey, you lost this game. Like you guys, you know, you lost this game. Um, I do question a little bit, you know, Taylor Motter, you know, one leading off today to get in that, you know, getting that start. Um, when you just got a Glacius, I was actually surprised. I thought they'd make the switch and have a Glacius go. And uh, we get to see him at second base today. But I mean, Motter had a, a decent hit that uh, ball off the monster, but yeah, he, he, had, he had a couple good hits today, which I was surprised you know, about. And, and he's there because of that COVID replacement for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, if you want to stick with this team, you need to make those plays. And we can't be talking about you, how you're making these miscues because you're really just going to feed in, to the pessimistic side of the Red Sox fan base who are just chomping at the bit for any reason right now to go and just, you know, swanton bomb onto this team up the top rope. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping that today was just, you know, one of those we'll get, you get past it and, you know, tomorrow's a new day and hopefully the Sox can go and, um, you know, rebound nicely and, and look to take the series. They do need to take the series. I think they need to relax a little bit. I think they might need to get a massage if you know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying, Chris? Oh, I think, I think I do. All right. Well, if you do know what I'm saying, <clears throat> then listen up to all of our Into the Triangle fans and our Couch Guy Sports fans. Because Into the Triangle is brought to you by our friends at Exogun. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Get the massage without having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at Exogun. You can get 10% off, one, zero, 10% off with the code CGS10, CGS10 at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger to have you charged up at all times and carrying case so you can carry it anywhere you go. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Another topic that I just wanted to get into really quick was Garrett Richards. And I, and I hesitate for a second because it sounds so weird to talk about, but like, this is a conversation we wouldn't have had back in June and and we're going to have it in September. So Garrett Richards, ever since he went into his reliever role, he's been basically lights out under one ERA, one of the more dependable relievers actually in the Red Sox bullpen. I didn't think we were going to be saying this on September 6th, 2021. So, Chris, this is the question that I said pre-recording that I was going to ask you. So now, now is my chance to ask you. Do you take a chance on Garrett Richards and maybe bring him back for another season if you tell him he's going to be in the bullpen? If we're going by just that small sample size we've gotten to see right now, I mean, $10 million's a, $10 million's a little uh, steep. Um, say it's like, I, a, say like a $5, 6000000 million deal. I don't think he takes that. And to be honest with you, I, I actually feel like that Bloom would exercise that option to bring him back. 
just because of, you know, one, it's a, now a guy you can have some familiarity with. And if, you know, if they want to try to use him as that swing man, I mean, again, 10 million, I think is a lot of money for that. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't see, I don't know if Whitlock, I'm sorry. I don't know if Richards would go and take that, that deal, you know what I mean? And go, you know, not get that option. I think he's going to show to some teams that, Hey, you know, in a, in a smaller role, um, maybe they can harness some of the, some of his skills, but um, in a weird way, I do think the Sox going to bring him back. But I mean, two months ago, I was saying that I'd be shocked if this dude was throwing any sort of meaningful inning, let alone a meaningful inning in October. And he's been one of the bright spots in that Red Sox bullpen. They've needed what Garrett Richards has been able to bring them. And he didn't pitch that bad again today either. And, you know, I don't know, man. I just, this guy has been such an anomaly. I feel like that if he can just figure it out, um, set it, set the money aside. Let's not even talk money. He could be a key piece for this team in the bullpen beyond maybe this year. And then next year, he's got really, really, really solid stuff. You know, maybe just limiting them down to just seeing the, you know, a, um, an offense one time versus what they did earlier in the season. But yeah, I, th- I think the Sox bring him back, but I think they bring him back on that option. I just don't see, and then if they don't, I don't see him coming back on cheap money. Okay, fair enough. It was, and you know what? I think you're right. I think it's going to be a case where he's going to want to be a starter somewhere else if possible. But you know what? If no, if no team's really going to take a chance on him, then maybe the Red Sox can sneak in and do something. But honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I really think that there's going to be a team out there that takes a one-year flyer on him, similar to what the Red Sox did this year. So we'll see, but if Garrett Richards can keep this up, if you go into October and somehow you win the wild card game, then you go into an ALDS series. I mean, who knows? But by the way, last topic really quick, and this is actually not even the topic. This is going to be a quick thing. Then we'll get out of here. Cause there's not that much more to talk about Red Sox. Like we said, they brought back Jose Iglesias. That's kind of cool. We know it's going to be a depth piece, you know, until Bogarts comes back and maybe they have him in at second base late in the game. Who knows? But Chris, do you have anything on Iglesias or do you want to just move to the final topic? No, I mean, I like the move. I mean, he's trended down defensively um, a little bit this year. He wasn't really the same player that he's been over the last handful of seasons. Um, you know, he sent 259 when he got let go by the by the Angels. He had eight bombs. So kind of surprised that they let him go. Um, but I mean, the fact that, you know, Angels is going to bring up some younger players, but I think it's a good situation, just something to kind of hold him over through the rest of the season. Um, and it gives him some insurance. You know, he's a better player than Taylor Motter. He's a better player than Jonathan Aruz, who seemingly hits, has been hitting in some key situations for the Sox this year, too. Um, but it, it, this is just something to kind of get him through the rest of the year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe catch a little bit of fire and he comes back next year on, you know, small money. And, you know, he's, um, you know, another utility piece for the Sox team. Because, again, Christian Arroyo. Love the dude, but how can you rely on him? He just can't stay he can't, healthy. Exactly. You know? So he provides insurance right then and there too. And you don't have to continue to potentially call up some of these players and waste the option years and everything else. Um, you know, with a lot of the moves that Bloom has had to make over the last three, three and a half weeks. Makes sense. So final question, and then we'll we'll wrap up for the night. And this is just a quick question. As of right now, Red Sox, I think are 79 and 61, I think sounds about right. Right, right around there. I think they're 79-61 with 22 games left to go. Do they make the playoffs as a wild card team? Yes or no? Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I, I just, if they don't do that, like that is going to be, 
I, the collapse that that would be and what it'd be talked about. But I think the team is, is one, I think they, they're too prideful. I think that they have, I think they understand what's in front of them. And I think they understand that, you know, there's a, there'll be a lot writing on it if they don't, if they don't get into the postseason. I mean, there's going to be dudes who's going to be there that might not be there next year. You know what I mean? Could Bloom go and shake a little bit of the dynamic up in that, you know, the locker room, knowing that, hey, you know, what we had going right now this year didn't really play out. So what can I do to interchange pieces? Right. I mean, he's come from that Tampa Bay way of thinking, too. So you look at Tampa Bay's done with their teams every year. Um, I was listening to Philbert and Maz last week, and Maz made a good point. And I started to, like, look into a little bit where he was saying, like, talking about how the Rays, where everybody talked about their crazy and amazing farm system. The majority of the players that are on the Rays 40-man roster have come from other organizations. I think when I looked today, there was like five players that were legitimately considered homegrown. So the Rays do such an amazing job finding that talent that's blocked in other teams. And I think Bloom, to an extent, is starting to do that as well. If the dynamic isn't working and these players can't get it done, what's to say that he doesn't go and try to, you know, say J.D. ops back in and then he goes and sees what's out there for J.D. Martinez and see if he can move him. I would love to see them bring back Schwarber. Um as maybe insurance against that too. You know, I, I think that, I think they're playing for more than just, I think what people are talking about. There's, there's gonna be some players with some jobs in the line that, you know, if they don't get this together, there could be some, some changes while they're still gonna be competitive, but there could be some, some considerable changes next season. And I, and plus two real quick. I, I don't be, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some changes in that coaching staff, you know, you think Cora is gone? No, I think Cora is fine. I think Cora is fine. You, you, I think, you just think that like the bench coaches and stuff like that. I, you know, yeah, I, I think Venable's okay. I think more of like um, they're. I think maybe the pitching coach, you know, Bush. I, yeah, who knows? I I, Bush. I, you know, they, I think there could be some. There's going to be some sort of shakeup. You know what I mean? You can't just go and be a first place team all season long and then go basically into the you know into the tank with there being no repercussions whatsoever. So no, right. I don't see or going anywhere now. No, I don't either. Back years. I- Back-to-back years, that's a different then he's on, No, then he's on the hot seat. I agree. So real quick, just to wrap everything up. Um, and, no, and Chris, very well said with everything, per usual. Um, Alex Cora, I don't think is going anywhere if anything happens this year. He had what he had. And he had, he's actually done a pretty good job because a lot of people thought this Red Sox team wasn't going to be that good. So shout out to Alex Cora, honestly. But I think they sneak in as the second wild card. If you have Chris Sale thrown in the wild card game, you have a shot. And if you can just have one good day offensively and the bullpen doesn't blow it for you, then you can go to ALDS and you probably lose in four to whoever you play in the ALDS. You sneak out a game and then you lose in the ALDS best case scenario, but that's just me. And I think that's where kind of we'll wrap it up. This is going to be a short episode anyway. I know a lot's happened, but you know, with, with the Rays game, the way it unfolded, we just, we had to come on here, vent our, vent out our frustrations and everything else. So any final words, Chris, before we head out for the week? No, Sox just need to take care of business these next two days and get back, you know, get back on the, the winning ways here and, you know, put themselves in a good spot from that wild card perspective. Because if they don't, and to your point earlier, if they end up getting swept, it's, I think the narrative of the last 18 games or so of the season is going to be one that is going to be tougher for people to swallow and listen to between sports radio and just what you're going to read and see. So I'm hoping the Sox can, uh, Today was just a one-off, I hope. But there's been a lot of games like today, this season, that, you know, who knows? This team's pretty resilient. This COVID piece has just ran through that that clubhouse, and this team has 
you know, showing a, a, a resiliency that um, I didn't think that they that they had. So who knows? So hopefully today is just a one-off. Hopefully, but that's where we're going to leave it. Check out couchcastsports.com. Check out all the great blogs, podcasts, other podcasts in the network. Rate and subscribe to the Into the Triangle podcast on iTunes and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Chris and Reek, I'm your host, Alan Hagen, for this week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, and we will hopefully see you next week.